I'd like to just read a brief passage from John's Gospel in chapter 10, looking at verses 10 and 11. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And then he goes on to speak about a hireling, which is significant because this passage, this these words of Jesus, come in response to the his explanation of the blindness of the Pharisees, uh, those who were the religious leaders of uh, of his time, uh, those who were given the custodianship, were given stewardship over the people of God, and had a responsibility to work that vineyard that it might produce fruit for the master of the Lord when he comes. However, they had failed uh, quite miserably because of their uh, legalism, their hypocrisy. Uh, they had turned what was intended to be uh, instruction on how to come to the Lord and how to have a right relationship with Him, and instead had turned it into a simple set of do's and don'ts that measured your performance. Uh, when in fact, as Paul, uh, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee that uh, certainly was a standout, uh, came to recognize and express this in Galatians chapter 3, that the law actually served the purpose of being a schoolmaster, or one to keep us walking between the lines until Messiah ultimately came. And so this was something they had missed. And as such, they had actually unwittingly become instruments of the one who had come to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, they were religious. They overt, uh, uh, outwardly were very, very righteous in their actions. And even in the words they said, you remember how Jesus actually said, do what the Pharisees say, but don't be like them. It's uh, quite an indictment uh, from the lips of the Lord. Um, but Jesus stands in contrast, both to not only the Pharisees and the religious leaders who were responsible for stewarding God's people, but also in contrast to the one who was the motivation behind their hypocrisy and even their legalism, Satan himself, who has come to steal and kill and destroy. And that's what um, Satan is referred to as a thief in that passage, in that regard. Now, this is an important concept for us to understand as believers and an important message to convey to those who are unbelievers. It's important for us to understand as believers because those uh, things of this life, interesting teachings, um, fascinating, shiny new things that come in the form, again, of various doctrines, but also in the form of just the material things of life, oftentimes can be seen as something that can build up and increase our sense of um, of God's blessing or a sense of uh, feeling like maybe we have special insights or whatever it might be that sort of builds the self, but doesn't actually build the spirit. Uh, Jesus has come to stand in the way of those things and rather to redirect us into a right relationship, one that is based on following the shepherd, wherever he leads. And of course, in Psalm 23, which you know, expresses in great, uh, elo- uh, greatly eloquently um, this uh, this concept of the good shepherd who makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters and all of these wonderful things that would bring a sheep peace, uh, peace that satisfies, as opposed to those things that the enemy would seek to bring out in order to entice but never truly satisfy. And in doing so, he ultimately seeks to steal and kill and destroy. Steal and kill and destroy what? Our faith, our peace, our right relationship with God. He seeks to mislead those of us who have a right relationship with God into distractions and things that will ultimately cause us uh, to not continue to grow, but rather to stagnate and to stop and to pursue other things. Because again, they're new and shiny things and they sound really great, or maybe they are attractive in one way or another. But it's important for us to remember that these things for a believer 
can be seen for what they are. And they're seen for what they are when we keep our eyes on the shepherd. Because if the shepherd's not leading that way, if the shepherd isn't giving us those things, if the shepherd isn't encouraging us to pursue those things, then they're not of him. And so he invites us to follow him and to walk in his ways. Now, a sheep, of course, is a very simple creature. It doesn't have, um, you know, uh, a lot of brains. It's not a particularly tough animal. Uh, it's actually a very vulnerable kind of an animal. Um, uh, you know, when Jesus talked about his followers being like sheep, uh, it does sound kind of cuddly and sort of sweet, but it's really, when you know what a sheep is, it's really not any of those things. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's sort of, helps us to get a better sense of what we are, and that's not necessarily an attractive thing. But he invites us as sheep who are in that condition to follow him, and he will lead us to those good places. He will take care of us and protect us. He's the one, if we will just stay close to the shepherd's side, we'll not experience so many of the difficulties that come uh, with walking off over the hill out of the, you know, out of the sight of the shepherd and that. Of course, all analogies break down. We never really are out of his sight or any of that kind of thing. But you get the picture that he was painting when he used these illustrations. The encouragement is to walk with him and not to be led astray by a thief who would seek to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, of course, this is a good message for us to share with those on the outside as well. Uh, those who are enticed and go after all of those things that the world has to offer, but ultimately only entice and never truly satisfy. Um, the enemy knows all too well our pride and our desire and lust for things and positions and roles and, and titles and all of these kinds of things that, that we naturally go after. And so he dangles those in front of us and he lays them out on the path before us that we might go after those things. But Jesus said, this is the work of a thief, a hireling, somebody who doesn't care for the sheep and certainly would never give his life for them. But I am the good shepherd and I give my life for the sheep. I am worthy of your trust. I am worthy of, uh, of, of you following me because I have demonstrated. Of course, in the crucifixion, Jesus demonstrates his willingness to lay down his life for the sheep. But in doing so, he demonstrates his love for us, his care for us, his concern for us, his going all the way to make sure that we can be safe. And so the invitation is to follow and to follow close. It's part of this wonderful relationship that we have with him. And that is one where we are invited to know him well. Any sheep could follow on the periphery, uh, but it is it is a sheep that is, if you can say a wise sheep, it's certainly a sheep that desires to know a shepherd that walks closely with him, Doesn't isn't content to walk on the periphery, but wants to nudge his way in so that he's as close to the shepherd as he can get, because he knows that that's the safest place. He knows that's where the provision is. He knows that's where uh, he'll get where he needs to go because the shepherd knows where we're going and all that kind of thing. This is such a simple truth and such a simple picture Jesus paints, but it is one that often eludes us. And, and for, for us who are just so sophisticated that we often don't see these things. But I say that tongue in cheek because the truth of the matter is, is that we should, while certainly we should pursue deeper knowledge of the scripture, we should understand the, the theology and deep theology and those kinds of things. Um, but there is something beautiful and necessary, beautiful and necessary about approaching our relationship with Christ with simplicity of heart and a desire to simply know him and to walk in his ways and follow him as the scriptures teach us to, and not to be enamored with those things that may, that even aren't necessarily sinful. Certainly sin should be avoided, but there are some things that would appear to be good and aren't necessarily even sinful in themselves, but they are enticements that lead us away from the closeness 
that we experience and are called to experience with the Lord. And so let me read the passage one more time. Remember this, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, he doesn't come to bring good things. He doesn't come to lead you to happy places, to green grass and cool waters. He doesn't come to bring you peace. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, on the other hand, by contrast, Jesus saying, I have come that they may have life. In other words, the sheep who have come through the door that Jesus himself claims to be as well, uh, have come that they may have life. Uh, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, not just life in the sense of enduring or just being provided for simply and just sort of making your way through life as if that's all there was, but that you might have it abundantly. Uh, when Jesus speaks of uh, everlasting life, this concept, uh, this, this Greek term, aeonius zoe, the idea of life everlasting, uh, life everlasting, everlasting, speaking of the idea of being full and rich, not only a long time, but one that is filled. Uh, there's an expression, it's not so much the years in your life as much as it is the life in your years. Well, everlasting life is both of those things, forever, but full abundance. Uh, in Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, you are our portion, right? The idea that uh, he is the one who ultimately satisfies. It is only in his presence that there is fullness of joy, in contrast to the one who only comes to steal and kill and destroy that. Again, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In this we know God's love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Um, there is a deep and abiding love that God has for his sheep, and he invites us to come and experience and know that love, uh, and that comes by following close. And so don't be enamored and led astray and enticed by those things that are um, that, that, that are not from the shepherd's hand, that are not in the direction that he's leading us as we walk through life, but rather instead draw close to the one who is the shepherd of your soul. Father, we thank you for the goodness and grace that Jesus himself has and has and continually does demonstrate to us uh, in leading us and being our shepherd and being the one who protects us from uh, the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. For our part, Lord, help us to be satisfied in that and not to go after those things that would lead us astray, not to be enticed by the things of the world or even philosophies and ideas that sound erudite and lofty and all, but really don't reflect the truth that is in Christ, who himself is the way, the truth, and the life. So, Father, we thank you for the grace that you show us that picks us up every time we stumble in this regard. We thank you that ultimately we are in your hand, not in the enemy's hand and not even in our own hand, but ultimately we're in your hands. And even as Jesus said, nobody can snatch his sheep out of his hand or his father's hand. So we thank you that our good shepherd always stands at the ready with the rod and staff to protect, to guide, to lead, to bring us in close when we need to be. And we thank you that he ultimately, both now, but ultimately in, 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 in the day that we ultimately stand before you, we will be in those green grasses and still waters uh, without fear, and certainly fully satisfied, because again, it is in your presence that we find, and only in your presence, that we find fullness of joy. Thank you, Lord, for all of these things, and help us to consider, to meditate on these things, to consider deeply these truths, and to ruminate over them, because in these simple truths, we find so much of an understanding of where our true place is and where our satisfaction is found. Thank you, Lord. We love you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.